You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, everybody. I'm Rob Stats Carrera, and welcome to SB Nation's Sunday Late Night Wrap-Up brought to you by DraftKings. This is the show where you'll find out exactly what happened in every game that was played on Sunday. But before we do, we want to remind you that DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Plenty to get to, as there is every Sunday. Coming into the day, there had been 19 game-winning scores in the final minute of regulation or overtime, and that number would only grow in Week 6. We begin in Pittsburgh, where the Steelers had a perfect opportunity to make up ground in the AFC North, going up against a Seahawks team without Russell Wilson. But up 20-17, to they allowed Seattle to drive down the field and kick a game-tying field goal with no time left on the clock. That sent the game into overtime. In OT, T.J. Watt took matters into his own hands. On the Seahawks' first possession, he sacked Geno Smith on third down to end that drive. And on their second possession, Watt stripped Geno Smith to set the Steelers up for the game-winning 37-yard field goal by Chris Boswell. It wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty. But the Steelers get the 23-20 win in overtime to even their record at 500. And with the loss, the Seahawks fall to 2-4 on the year with the Saints coming up next on Monday night. To Foxborough we go, where the Cowboys led 17-14 entering the fourth quarter, and that's when all hell broke loose. The teams traded five scores in the final period, including three in the last two and a half minutes. Let's skip right to the fourth. The Cowboys miss a field goal that would have given them a two-point lead. So, the Patriots get the ball back. 2.34 left in the game, trying to kill the clock. Second and 15, Jones fires it over the middle, and there's Diggs! With the deflected interception, left sideline, 10, 5, of course it's Diggs. Why, of course it's Trayvon Diggs. Why, of course it's Trayvon Diggs. All I got to do, the Cowboys, is not give up a touchdown. That's all I got to do. Oh, Brad Sham on 105.3, the fan, Cowboys Radio Network. You shouldn't have said that. Jones takes the snap. Now Gregory rushes inside. Jones Got fires it. down the middle for Bourne. Makes the catch. Yeah. Goodbye. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10. Touchdown, Patriots. Holy crap. What a throw. He makes up for the mistake off the deflection. And a massive touchdown to take the lead. Way to go, Mac Jones. Way to put it behind you. 75 yards. Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak on 98.5, the Sports Hub Patriots radio network. So that score in the two-point conversion puts New England up 29-26. Unfortunately for the Patriots, Dak drives the team down the field, and the Cowboys kick a game-tying field goal to send the game into overtime. In OT, 
The Patriots get the ball first. They drive down the field. They have fourth and three from their own 46-yard line, and they punt. I immediately regret this decision. Seven plays later. Play fake. Boot to the right. Looking down the field. Lamb. Ten. Five. Victory. Cowboys win. The Ghosts. Cowboys Radio Network once again. Dallas gets the wild 35-29 win. They do exercise the ghosts, as Brad Sham said, beating Bill Belichick for the first time in six tries, and they've won five straight games, which is their longest winning streak since 2016. Trayvon Diggs' pick six was his league-leading seventh interception of the season and second return for a touchdown. He tied the NFL record of six straight games with at least one pick to start a season. One of the people that has that record, by the way, is the late Tom Landry, who you may have known coached the Cowboys for their first 29 seasons. The only bad news for Dallas is that Dak hurt his right calf on that final touchdown and actually showed up to the postgame press conference in a walking boot. Just came down funny, he said after the game. Didn't like what I felt. Life keeps throwing punches and I'm going to keep throwing them back, but I'll be fine. I'll promise you that. We'll see. He'll be evaluated more on Monday. In Cleveland, both teams came into this game with an argument for being the best in their conference, but only one could say that after the game was over. Kyler Murray threw four touchdown passes, and the Cardinals built a 20-0 lead in the first half on their way to a dominating 37-14 win over the Browns. Arizona head coach Cliff Kingsbury and Chandler Jones actually missed this game due to testing positive for COVID-19. But three Browns turnovers sunk any chance they might have had. The win keeps the Cardinals' undefeated season alive at 6-0, while the Browns' record is now even at 3-3. Adding insult to injury, both Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. were banged up during this game with shoulder injuries. Although each guy went into the blue medical tent, they both returned to the game. Staying in the AFC North now. In Baltimore, we thought we were going to see a shootout between two of the AFC's best quarterbacks, but in the end... Only Lamar Jackson and the Ravens actually brought bullets. Lamar led his team to 17 straight points to open the game, and Baltimore never looked back in a dominating 34-6 win over the Chargers. Los Angeles came into the day last in the league against the run, and it showed. The Ravens ran for 187 yards on the day and held onto the ball for more than 38 minutes. John Harbaugh's bunch now has won five straight games to improve to 5-1. and one. The Chargers, meanwhile totally shut down. Despite scoring 105 points in their last three games, they managed just a single touchdown in this one. Justin Herbert only threw for 195 yards with a touchdown and a pick, and the offense as a whole gained just 208 total yards in the game. LA is now 4-2 and two on the season. The good news, they have a bye week next week. The bad news, after that, they play New England, who beat them 45-0 to last year. In the Windy City, the Bears and Packers were battling for control of the NFC North, and the game actually went back and forth for most of the day. The Bears scored a touchdown to make it 17-14 about halfway through the fourth quarter, but... Aaron Rodgers responded by taking the Packers 75 yards in seven plays, running the ball in from six yards away to put the game out of reach and seal the 24-14 win. After the touchdown, Rodgers was actually heard yelling to some Bears fans, quote, I still own you. Considering he's 22-5 against them in his career, I'd say he pretty much does. After the game, Rodgers said, quote, I love playing at Soldier Field. He also said he was motivated by a woman in the stands, giving him the double middle finger. The win, anyway, gives the Packers first place in the NFC North at 5-1, while the Bears fall to 3-3. The question is, is that 3-3 good for second place in the division? 
Let's go to Carolina now to find out. The Panthers were down by eight points with 2.09 left in regulation when Sam Darnold puts the team on his back, drives him 96 yards in 11 plays for the game-tying touchdown and two-point conversion. The only problem was they left 42 seconds for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense to try and win the game. Cousins drove his own team down the field and got them in position for a game-winning 47-yard field goal. Snap spot. Joseph with that big leg again. Get up there, Greg! Oh, he missed it. No, come on, man. Oh, my God. The great Paul Allen on KFAN, Minnesota Vikings Radio Network, letting you know the game was going to OT. In overtime, the Vikings won the coin toss and decided not to leave things up to the kicker this time. Cousins shotgun looking to the left, steps up in the pocket. He'll fade to the end zone for KJ. Caught and touchdown! And the Minnesota Vikings have walked off on the Carolina Panthers. Kirk Cousins to K.J. Osborne, a game-winning touchdown in overtime, and the Vikings beat Carolina 34-28. Let's go, Kirk. Let's go, K.J. That's Paul Allen one more time. Let's go, Kirk, indeed, as Cousins threw for 373 yards and three touchdowns against the league's top-rated pass defense. Minnesota actually had not scored a second-half touchdown in their previous four games, but they got three today in the win, and 379 of their 571 total yards came after halftime. So... The Vikings improved to 3-3 and a tie for second in the NFC North. Carolina falls to 3-3 after a sloppy performance that saw three turnovers and eight drops by their wide receivers. They have yet to win a game this season without Christian McCaffrey in the lineup. Unfortunately, he's on IR and he won't be back for another two games at least. Let's go to London now, where Tua Tungavailoa made his first start in a month thanks to broken ribs. He gave the offense a jolt early with a touchdown on his first drive, but never really got going much after that. When the Jags tied the game on a 54-yard field goal for Matthew Wright, Tua and the Dolphins turned it over on downs with a minute and 54 left in the game. That meant Trevor Lawrence and the Jags only had to gain 11 yards to put the team in position to walk it off. Cook puts it down. Wright kicks it up. The 53-yarder is good, good, good. Wright has made it. The Jaguars have won it on a 53-yard field goal by Matthew Wright. What a magnificent ending in London. Frank Frangie on the Jaguars radio network. Did the Jacksonville Jaguars win the Super Bowl? Uh, no. Will they ever win the Super Bowl? Jason, I can't predict the future, but no. <laughs> They won't. Okay, well, I just have like 12 more Jaguars questions. No, you don't. Maybe it wasn't the Super Bowl, but the second longest losing streak in NFL history is officially over as the Jags win for the first time in 399 days. Final score 23-20 over the Dolphins. Give it up for kicker Matthew Wright, who hit the game-tying and game-winning field goals in this one. A month and a half ago, he was a software engineer. He was added to the active roster yesterday, and he's now ending historic losing streaks before Sunday, the Jags had been 0 for the season on field goal tries. I mentioned Tua Tungavailoa earlier. After the game, he said he wasn't 100% but was 100% ready to play. He threw for 329 yards and two touchdowns, both to Jalen Waddell. Also had a pick. The Dolphins are 1-5 and, and have lost five straight games. In Maryland, the Chiefs were down 13-10 at halftime after two interceptions by Patrick Mahomes and a Miko Hardman fumble. 
but boy did they respond coming out of the locker room. Kansas City scored three second-half touchdowns, including two passes by Patrick Mahomes, and left Washington in the dust, 31-10. Here's how good it went. The Chiefs' defense even did their part and actually held a team under 29 points for the first time this entire season. The win gets them to 3-3 three and three on the year, but they have got to take better care of the football. After six games, Kansas City now has committed an NFL-worst 14 turnovers this season. Let's stay in the AFC West now and go to Denver, where the Raiders were playing their first game after the quote-unquote resignation of head coach John Gruden. But it sure didn't seem like they missed him much. Derek Carr threw for 341 yards and two touchdowns, and the defense forced four Denver turnovers. The Raiders took care of the Broncos 34-24 after the game. Las Vegas defensive lineman Max Crosby said the team was not bothered by all the Gruden controversy. Quote, there are always things going on with the Raiders, but the guys in our building are resilient. Denver has now lost three straight to fall back to 500 after starting the year 3-0. They have the Browns, Washington, and the Cowboys in their next three games. To New York we go, where the Giants were hosting the Rams, and everything was going okay for Big Blue until the second quarter when the Rams exploded for 28 points. Meanwhile, Daniel Jones and the Giants turned the ball over four times, and the Rams coasted from there, winning 38-11. Matthew Stafford threw four more touchdowns and now has 16 on the year, while Cooper Cup added to his league-leading reception total with nine catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. After the game, Sean McVay was not happy that his team did not score in the first quarter, saying, quote, we have to be sharper, but I guess you need something to complain about when you start the year 5-1. and one. On the flip side, the loss brings the Giants down to 1-5. and five. To the Motor City now, where last week Lions coach Dan Campbell was in tears after his team lost on a game-ending field goal. This week, the crying could have started a hell of a lot earlier than that. Cincinnati scored on their first possession, added 20 straight points after that, and crushed Dan Campbell's Lions 34-11. Detroit is the NFL's only winless team now that the Jags beat the Dolphins. They have lost 10 straight games going back to last year, which is now the league's longest active losing streak. Hell, forget winning a game. They haven't even scored a first-half touchdown since their opening drive in Week 2. As if that wasn't bad enough for Detroit, guess who they play next week? Jared Goff's old team, the Rams. He was actually asked after the game if he had any thoughts about facing his former teammates. He replied, quote, no. The Bengals improved to 4-2 on the year, matching their win total from all of 2020. And with the Browns' loss, Cincinnati moves into sole possession of second place behind the Ravens in the AFC North. And one more Bengals note before we move on. Shout out rookie Jamar Chase. He had 97 yards Sunday, which gives him 553 on the year. That is the second most receiving yards through six games by any rookie in the Super Bowl era. Remember back in the preseason when he said the NFL ball was hard to catch? I guess he figured it out. In Indianapolis, the Colts were just six days removed after blowing a 19-point lead to the Ravens, and they really needed a get-right game. Fortunately, In came the Houston Texans. Carson Wentz threw two long touchdown passes. Jonathan Taylor ran for two more, and the Colts boat raced Houston 31-3. That is the fifth straight loss for David Culley's bunch, but the Colts, on the other hand, have now won two of their last three and can move within one game of the AFC South lead if Buffalo beats Tennessee on Monday Night Football. That's going to do it for this edition of the Late Night Wrap-Up, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please follow the SB Nation NFL show and leave us a five-star rating and a review. If you're already subscribed, leave us a five-star rating and a review anyway. It is a small thing you can do that makes a big difference for us. Enjoy your week, everybody. I'm Rob Statz-Guerrera. We'll talk tomorrow.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.